pros. Lowe's wants to help you keep working. That's why we're open for pro business hours 6 to 7 a.m. Monday through Saturday. You'll find the quantities you expect with dedicated pro associates and loaders to help you get what you need fast and load you up curbside. Now, more than ever, we know you need to win every single bid. You can count on Lowe's for special values on pro-trusted brands and savings when you buy in bulk. Save yourself a trip by shopping Lowe'sforpros.com, where we can ship thousands of items to your doorstep or to the job site. Lowe's is open and pro-ready. Hello and welcome to This Feels Terrible. This is Erin McGathy. It is 2 a.m. I am recording from inside a closet and I'm feeling a little punchy uh, because it's 2 a.m. But also because I just locked myself in this closet. <laughs> I I locked myself in this closet. I am uh, I'm staying in the guest room of my lovely friend's house in Los Angeles. I'm back in Los Angeles for a couple of months while some visa stuff happens. And while I'm here to do um, a little This Feels Terrible live tour in July. So anyway, I'm in this closet. I close the door and something's up with the doorknob. And uh, yeah, I was locked in here. And <laughs> um, I, gosh, I read... I'm in my underwear also. I'm wearing a Nike sports bra and some black underwear from Target. And uh no one can hear me at the side of this house side of the house. And uh I was just looking down the barrel of um I don't know, just uh spending the night on this floor alone with this microphone and my shoes. You know, there are worse things. Um but also I'm really hungry. And that was actually the first thing that came to mind. And then I guess I also was kind of excited by by it a little bit because I've been rewatching Orange is the New Black. Anyway, on the show this week, I am so excited to share this conversation with you. Truly, I talked to the wonderful Josie Long, who is an extremely talented writer and comedian from England. She is so wonderful. I met up with her in London, because I was in London a couple of weeks ago. I was late to the interview because I went to the wrong place. So I, I go right into the interview with the Zoom recorder recording. And uh, that's what you're going to hear. And she's she's really great. We had such a great conversation. And I it was such a joy talking to her. I feel like she's a lost kindred part of my soul. <laughs> Maybe that's a little much. Maybe it's not enough. I don't know. I'm just so happy. I'm not going to be sleeping in this closet, hungry in my underwear. Uh, so please enjoy this conversation with the wonderful Josie Long. This is my desk. Cool. Should we go over there? Oh, no. Um, I can come to you. But I oh. I've got two pets. I would have for your coffee, but then it will slow us down because I... <laughs> That's okay. Thank you. I... Yes. I, I, I don't know what I was thinking, like, booking 
two different interviews kind of right after each other in a city that I'm not at all familiar <laughs> with. Do you know like, oh. Because I, I, um, I could have got you from Camden Town to here on the uh, overground, and I, I bloody love doing that. I really like doing like, right. <laughs> take this bus, take this train. Um, how, how how are you finding being in the UK? I I love it. I'm having yeah. I'm having a very good time. I've only been in London for a few days, and I'm what are you up leaving to? on Friday. Uh, I I'm just here. I'm here because I I'm trying. I, I fell in love with Ireland, and I kind of want to move to Ireland. I just oh, went through a nice. divorce. I was married for less than a year. It's not oh, really like a real. First year is always hard, apparently. I've never yeah. been married, so it's better than me. For me, it was the hardest and the easiest year. Uh, but, uh, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, it's okay. Um, but I'm going... I wasn't ready to go straight back to Los Angeles, because mm -hmm. I have to go back to Los Angeles where my... Well, my artist Trisva... My artist Trisva. My artist Visa... Um, are you Canadian? No. But I get that a lot. Where are you from? Uh, kind of all over. My dad is in the military, but mostly California. Uh, cool. Mm -hmm. But your artist visa for here? Uh, for Ireland. Ah. So I want to be in Ireland for a year. So That's I'm going nice. back. Are you going to be in Dublin? Yeah. Uh, but I'm going back to the States to do a countrywide tour. And That's then, exciting. Um, yeah. Do you know, the plan? Um, do you know David O'Doherty? Yeah, I've met him a couple of times, yeah. That's like he's in Ireland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pals. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I met him last summer. He's very nice. Well, thank you very much for doing this. It's my pleasure. Yeah, I. Um, yeah, you were you were recommended by so many people on oh, Twitter. Cool. Yeah. Uh oh. And then I uh, this morning I had the chance to watch some of your uh, Edinburgh shows, and I it's, it's so wonderful. I feel oh, very um, kindred with you. Oh, cheers! That's lovely. Yeah. Um, but did you have did you happen to think of a fun breakup story? And let me okay, let me make sure I don't run you over time wise. Oh shit! Yeah, of course. This is kind of exciting. This is the most like the most timed uh, oh, no. podcast. No, oh, no, God. but it's good. No, but it's exciting. I'm just gonna have to be really intense the entire time. Uh, we'll just start with things like, "Are you happy?" Ha! <laughs> Are you? Well, I think it's a complicated question. <laughs> it really depends. I am. When's the most you've ever been in love? Oh. What's the saddest you've ever been? And then just sure. just do that all really fast without me earning any of those answers. <laughs> I am. Um, I was thinking about the first time I kissed someone is like a really humiliating story. Okay. And it's because I was. Um, I was 13 years old, which I think is pretty cool because I was pretty yeah. young, right? <laughs> and I was at a camp, which was like a camp for gifted children, mm -hmm. like like a summer camp for gifted children. But I didn't really have a right to be there. It was more like if you were a problematic child right. at school, like caused problems, <laughs> mm -hmm. and they put you there and there's like me and, and there's all people now who are like grown-ups and academics and then there's just like me now who's like letting the side <laughs> down. But there was, um, there was a boy in the group who wasn't technically a gifted child. He was one of the children of one of the lecturers. Uh. So I suppose like doesn't mean anything, but as a result, it was like, ah, oh, he's, he's like a cool guy. Like a cool, like right. normal guy. <laughs> and we used to do a night hike. Um, and I should like, like background wise, like I was really overweight, like, but I was this height, but 
I sort of stopped growing at 11 so between mm. 11 and 13 was a very awkward time for me because I was kind of five foot five and a half yeah and everyone else was like four foot 11 right I don't know whether you guys do feet in inches yeah yeah, oh, do, good. yeah. I'm sorry <laughs> and so I'm like half a foot taller than everyone else and just big like probably about um uh I guess like 30 pounds heavier than I am now Maybe. Okay. So like bigger. Thank you for switching off. <laughs> Thank you. I worked so hard. <laughs> More than thirty pounds every. Is actually. that two stone? Like t- yeah, like over two stone. Okay. <laughs> okay. I very much appreciate the conversion. <laughs> but basically, I was really big and really awkward, and just sort of also kind of like a bit precocious like mm. like sexually I was like so up for it I was like yes mate can't wait for this to happen this is brilliant and then um, anyway this boy and I sort of we did a thing we did a night hike mm-hmm. so in the middle of the week we'd all go on this hike sexy yeah exactly <laughs> romantic right yeah couldn't be more romantic and I didn't really know many boys like I knew one boy called Rich who was my mum's ex because my parents were divorced my mum's mm. ex-boyfriend's son oh did you have kind of a weird dynamic with yeah him? well we'd be like well we're basically related yeah and we're gonna sit out <laughs> on the, hanging out of my bedroom window oh, I feel talking. like I would have really romanticized that oh yeah as a child I was also a, a large precocious child uh yeah but anyway Rich <laughs> So that was like my Your ex-brother. Boy that, yeah, exactly. Yeah. My, cool it, intentions. It was really, rom- yeah, it was like romanticised in like a creepy way because it was like, yeah. we, te- I we mean, can never. But for, yeah, but yeah. for the grace of God, we'd be siblings, you know? <laughs> <laughs> um, so I didn't really have many boys in my life and we were walking along in this night hack and he sort of, it's like he like sharked me as vulnerable and like took yeah. me off from the pack. So we were like we're walking along and he was like, Oh, it was very much like we're 13 years old. Mm. And he was like, oh, I can't get any girls to fuck me. <laughs> I don't know why that is. And I was thinking, like, I've usually got a clue. every day of the week, yeah. smoking cigarettes, yeah. and driving a race car. And- yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, it's so easy when I show up on my 13 year old motorbike. Right. <laughs> but I was just thinking, like, the clue is that you are 13 years old. Yeah. Is why girls don't want to have sex with you. But in my head, I was like, stay cool. Yeah. And like, yeah. also, I was like into like, grunge music mm. so like I had a real facade of cool right, to yeah. maintain and yeah. I would wear like long flowing skirts with m- mirrors sewn into them yes did they have like the long ties yes. the bells of the yes and bells at the end of the yeah. ties yeah gypsy skirts mm. which oh. maybe is racist I don't know uh, yes I Dancer. guess it's definitely it's Dancer probably skirts. not acceptable anymore is it oh. travelling skirts a travelling skirt yes. a nomadic skirt yeah. so I'd wear that because there was a shop in Orpington where I grew up called Topaz oh could buy that and amethysts <laughs> oh well, <I> <laughs> everything you need yeah and incense and the incense was oh. marijuana flavored really yeah. <laughs> that'll show like, mum and dad right that's, that's so profoundly nerdy that mm. there would be that you just have scented incense just to create the smell of I marijuana know, but not actual yeah <laughs> this was definitely a period in my life like up until the age of about 13 like where I grew up was there was a lot of underage drinking mm. But it was still quite an innocent period. Like from 13 onwards, it got a bit more like we'd go out, we'd get drunk, we'd go to clubs and like it got a bit intense. But it's like 11 to 13, it was like, we get one alcoholic lemonade or like (laughs) we'll smoke nutmeg, you know, we'll smoke banana skins, we'll smoke thyme. That'll get us high. (laughs) And then that thing of like pretending to be drunk or pretending to be high. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
say that you had like or take cough syrup and be like oh I ha- yeah I was tripping <laughs> so it's a very sad time anyway he picked me off and he went oh I can't I can't get 13 year old girls to fuck me mm. and I was like in my head like yeah yeah rightly so <laughs> and then he Thank said goodness. to me like but you're a grunger and you know I bet like grunges fuck people all the time yeah and in my head I was like <laughs> like red cheek like at this point it was simultaneously the coolest thing that had ever happened to me and like the worst yeah so like I was really wrestling between like the part of me that was like super nerdy and like wanted to try out at school and the part of me that was like play this right yeah you know play cool so I just like stared at the ground didn't say anything then the next day was the talent show oh <laughs> Gifted children summer camp. And um, me and him were mm. like, we'll rehearse a bit of a play. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> so we went off and the Gifted Children Summer Camp was in the grounds of a boarding school. Mm. And him and me went off to like rehearse. Right. right. <laughs> and we went to this, there was a secret garden. Okay. Belonging to the headmaster of the school. And as an American, I imagine that there's a secret garden around every corner. In, in England. Britain, yeah. it's, it's the law. Right. It's the law. Yeah. It's per capita. Yeah, per capita, yeah. we have more secret gardens than anywhere <laughs> apart from Switzerland. Oh, very good. <laughs> so they, so we went to the secret garden, and mm. you had to. There was a gate, like a big farm gate, to right. get in there. There was a pond, and um, he went in there, and he was basically like, as soon as we got in there, in there, he got straight down to brass tacks. He was like, "So we're we gonna have sex with each other." <laughs> And I was like, whoa, oh, oh, I didn't expect this. (laughs) This is more than I hoped. So I was like, uh, mm, oh, well, I don't know if I can have sex with you. And it basically was like a reverse auction of like trying to get it down. So so he's like, oh, you won't even have sex with me. Oh, what will you do? I know. What will you do? And so I was like, uh, I've always wanted to kiss someone. Like, could we kiss each other? Yeah. And then he was like, oh, fine. <laughs> and then he kissed, like, the way oh, I no. tried to... It's like he kissed me like like a little what did turtle. He like, <laughs> like a little turtle. Oh. Like his tongue just... Yeah. Like a little reptilian just flick. His lips taut. Yes, taut-lipped! 100%. <laughs> the tiny little snakes flickered of tongue. And it was so awful. It was like such a bad kiss. Oh, I that, that was awful? Because really? <laughs> <laughs> I remember the second boy I kissed was a year later. It was a boy called uh, Matthew Dyson. Ooh. He lived up the road yeah. from me. But I lived in like a flat because I was like from a poor family. And he lived in this beautiful posh house. And yeah. I spent a whole afternoon french kissing him in his posh bedroom and i was like ah i get it (laughs) this is it but so when you kiss the first boy were you like oh god kissing is really overrated i i think i thought actually i think i was quite like self-esteem in some way where i was like this is shit and i'm gonna get better than this yeah like (laughs) like i'm gonna get something better than this at some Mm. point because this is no good but like so we like kissed a bit and then he was like trying to like fill me up I guess and I was like um outside the clothes it was like um Sandra D right like slapping his hand away which is not really I I hate I don't know what I want public about but like it's not really been my attitude since to be like modest but like it just something about it I was like this guy's a prick and this is no Mm. good and I can't 
do this and so we we spent like a while and like we kissed him for a bit and then eventually he was like well, I guess we'd better go back now <laughs> and this then, guy is so entitled he was so <laughs> mean and we went so we like had to jump back over the gate mm-hmm. right are you wearing a traveling skirt I was yeah. and it was tri- yes exactly <laughs> this is a, so then but as we're about to leave he goes listen you can't tell anyone about this Mm. This is you have to keep this a secret. You can't tell anyone about this, uh, which is what you want to hear <laughs> after any romantic thing. You know, it's the most that you want to hear. It's is an like, honor, yeah, keep- because it's precious. <laughs> <laughs> it's ours alone. It is, it is just for us, and if we tell anyone, it's going to take away for mm. how, from how much it means to me. You'll take the power away. Yeah, and you can't do that. It's wrong. <laughs> so I was like, I, the whole experience was just God. made me feel crestfallen. Yeah, and then as we were leaving, we were like trying jump over this gate and I jumped off the gate and landed my ankle hard onto a rock oh, no. right? and I smashed my ankle like really sore and it was like I guess it was the worst injury I'd had up till that point as a person because yeah. I was like waves of pain <laughs> like I never experienced I was like ah! yeah and he was like oh look uh, catch me up and so he went up. Oh, uh, <laughs> and I'd hate to paint a tragic picture. Like, I should say, since then, I've had like loads of good times. I don't know. This is all I've heard. Now. <laughs> but, uh, I just sort of limped off. And it was really sore. Yeah. Anyway, I sort of forgot about it. And it was. I went to bed that night. In the middle of the night, I woke up in agony. And it had swollen up to the size of a grapefruit. Oh, God. Pardon me. Sorry. And I had to get the guy who's like the counsellor, the lecturer to take me to hospital because I thought I'd broken it yeah it was like three in the morning I have to wake up the guy and the guy's like what happened and I'm like I'm terrible at lying so I'm like um we were playing catch (laughs) and I slipped (laughs) like I could have literally just said I tripped over yeah yeah. because I knew that like there was a secret amongst it right we were I jumped up to catch a ball (laughs) And like, it's so bleak because like, I didn't tell anyone. Yeah. Right. I just kept it secret. But then this is even sadder. The next year, now I had years between 13 and 14 where I dropped like three stone. So it's like some pounds. (laughs) 45 pounds. Yeah. No, that's less. 42 pounds. Okay. (laughs) And so I came back the next year to give to Chicken Camp like so happy in my precocious new <laughs> life and I saw the same guy literally yeah. picking off this shy girl and I was like God. oh no yeah yeah that's did you do <laughs> did you say anything I was like I mean, was... don't jump off nothing yeah <laughs> don't and if you do don't... because it was so awkward I remember the guy was so suspicious of me when he was mm. like what happened yeah. I kept changing my story he was like, why are you changing his... Yeah. Because I think he just was like, wanting to know how far I'd fallen or like... Right. Like now as an adult, there's no way he would care if I'd kissed one of the books. Like, sure, yeah, but yeah. at the time I was like, don't give away the secret. <laughs> That's so funny. I, I was doing the exact same things in the exact same outfits with the exact same oh. like, secret keeping. Um, and, uh, oh God, what I was going to... Oh, did you guys ever do the talent show? Uh, I can't even remember. I think I did do it, but I had to like limp on stage. I think he. Do you remember what the scene was? Yeah, it was from Hamlet. It was the <laughs> bit where the guy stabs Laertes oh, through the curtain. The, is it Laertes that he stabs Polonius? I can't remember. I think I'm getting it all wrong. Sorry, I don't know. He stabs. I don't remember. 
He stabs the dad. Laertes is the dad, right? I, I don't. I, I don't know. <laughs> Hang on. I'll Google it. Why are we even conjecturing when we have the internet? Hang on. Laertes. I feel like I'm wasting valuable time, but I'm not. I don't care. No, We've got to right, be factual. Right. Um, Laertes stabs. So were you Hamlet? No. I can't even remember because there were just two of us so I don't know how maybe I was Ophelia but then Ophelia is too tragic I think I wouldn't have got to be Ophelia Polonius Laertes is the son of Polonius oh okay okay but I don't think Laertes stabs Polonius but Hamlet stabs Polonius yeah Ah, uh, so maybe I was Polonius and he was Hamlet that would be about right oh that guy what a jerk oh jeez Oh, geez. I'm saying geez because it's, it's, it's stories regressing me back to feeling so apologetic. Yeah. For just. For existing. Yeah. I've yeah. had feelings for anyone. Yeah. 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 When, when was your, I mean, because we have to pack everything in so quickly. When was your first heartbreak? Uh, I was 19 years old. <laughs> yeah. I know it. And it was, I, I went out with a boy from, um, who, we had a funny thing where like he was about four years older than me mm. so we started going out when I was 16 he was 20 which now I'm like is that cool? yeah I guess that's cool <laughs> I had the same thing really? Kind of, yeah yeah. but at weird. the time you're like this guy's got a car yeah I'm better than everyone yeah <laughs> <laughs> which is not a feeling I get to feel very often but uh, yeah he we did a stand-up workshop mm. together uh, it was kind of how I got into stand-up was when I was 14 I did like stand-up workshops at this local art centre and he used to do it and I remember so I was about 14 he'd be about 18 and I remember him being there but he sort of pursued me a bit mm-hmm. but I had a boyfriend at the time who was this guy who was a real mess like oh. <laughs> he really like he was very intense boy like he would mm. do lots of things where he would like cut his hand in front of me to like cause a scene oh, okay. or like yeah make a lot of threat like he was kind of a yeah a bit of a hard hard going person mm-hmm. yeah and so and he it was interesting though as well because over the course of our relationship he became a transvestite so at the start of the relationship was like this little grungy boy who will nail polish and by the end I remember once I wanted him to take me to the bus stop and I got really angry because he had to put a full face of makeup on right. to take me. And I was like, I am not doing this. You should not do this. Which I think maybe it's a bit harsh on my part, but like, I was right. furious at him. And um, that is the interesting thing about that relationship. It was kind of fun and, and quite interesting, like mm. at 15 to be yeah. dating someone, I don't know, who had something that big in their lives, you know. Yeah, that is very interesting. Yeah, that's my only anecdote from it. But I remember once this boy, he was like a very pretentious boy, and he said to me once, I've eclipsed David Bowie now. Oh, no. And I was like, you haven't. You're 16 years old and you've done nothing. What did he mean? He meant like in terms of intellectually and artistically. (laughs) Which is what pretentious people say when they're 15. Yeah, God, part of me just died. (laughs) He's very sweet. He's very interesting. Yeah, it was an yeah. interesting relationship. But then, but then you met this this other boy at this or this night or twenty year old at this yeah at the stand up yeah. thing, and I sort of knew that we had something. Mm-hmm. And then eventually, we got together. I remember it. I, I just 
sort of hung around him for like a whole night and then ended up he's like you can stay at my flat he had a flat with his friends mm-hmm. so you can stay at my f- oh no he was with his parents he's like you can stay at mine I was like okay and then he was like oh you'll have to stay in my room and I was like okay <laughs> and then I remember just lying there in bed next to him thinking oh if he doesn't kiss me I'm gonna die so then eventually yeah. I was like just counting down in my head I was like I'm gonna have to kiss him and I remember really distinctly that excitement about kissing him and how amazing it was and all that anyway I really really fell in love with him just so hard like Mm. it it was a I I just was crazy about him because he was quite unusual yeah I just loved that about him like weird and sweet and loved making up games like we'd always make up Mm. games together and um but then I went to uni and he went to uni as well and we were on either parts of I was in Oxford, which is sort of central west, yeah. and he was in Ormskirk, which is sort of northwest. Okay. And it was so hard to get to see each other. Mm. And basically, while we were at uni, I think he was quite intimidated by the fact that Oxford. Yeah. Yeah. Which is weird because I was as well, and I sort of right. needed help, really. But yeah. um, and then he also there were all these girls at his uni that were like throwing themselves at him, mm. and he sort of increasingly would start bringing down other people whenever he came to visit me yeah and like other girls that would like flirt with him while and like I'm such a like (laughs) doormat that I'd be like oh cool you brought that girl with you again okay and it was like creaking at the seams but I think it was really hard for us both let it go because like I think we did both really love each other and stuff and then two things happened that were like the catalyst to it like one of them was he um he really wanted to go traveling mm-hmm. and he was like I really want to go to Egypt and he was and I was like I want to go to Iceland mm-hmm. he's like right I'll book one of the trips we should go to Egypt and I was like I don't want to do that we'll go to Iceland yeah now, now I'm saying this is like the most middle class thing in the world like <laughs> oh we were at university and it was really difficult but we only had a bit of money and like yeah he really wanted to go on this trip so we went to Iceland and it was the hardest trip because everything in Iceland is 50 times more expensive than you can afford if you're a student uh, and we had like 200 pounds in total and we had three weeks booked and we had to come back oh. after a week and a half because oh. it was like awful and I yeah I don't know whether this is too much information to share but I remember no. like trying to have sex with him and like coming on this period that was like the most awful period I'm so oh, sorry no. if you're listening this is too much okay. <laughs> I remember we were staying in this hostel for sailors in Iceland and there's being blood everywhere and it just feeling like doom laden as a yeah. result and after this he was so angry at me because he was like right we had this chance to go on this trip and we could have gone to Egypt and instead uh, we had this doom trip anyway he came oh. down this is probably far too long-winded. No, and also, I'm aware that I keep saying, like, facts about people I went out with, like, he was a transvestite. There's no anecdote there, but it's true. He did this. <laughs> but um, he um, he drove down. I remember I was really looking forward to seeing him, and he, he tried to dump me once, mm. and then he undumped me about four hours later. And I was right. like, thank God. The relief. <laughs> it was the most awful experience of my life. Like, uh. <laughs> he told me he wanted to break up with me, and then I went and I threw up. Because oh it was the most shocked. I just couldn't yeah. believe it. Like, I loved him so much. Yeah. And I couldn't believe how frightful it was. And when yeah. he told me, I was like, okay, one second. And I went to the toilet and I threw up. Oh. And then a few hours later, he came back and I'd been crying. Like, I just couldn't stop crying. I couldn't bear yeah. it. And he came back and he was like, actually, I love you and I want to be with just you. And I've changed my mind and I can't stop crying. And I was like, Oh, perfect. Yeah. This, I'm sure this won't go wrong. Yeah. I'll take you back. 
<laughs> I took him back. And then a couple of months later, he ended it. And I had that awful thing where he was coming. He sort of rang me out the blue and was like, hey, can I come down and see you tonight? And I was like, yes, please. I love yeah. you with all my heart. I can't <laughs> wait to see you. Brilliant to see you again. Yeah. And then slowly as he was driving down from near Manchester to Oxford, I thought... Hang on, he said he's not sure how long he's staying. Uh, he doesn't want me to cook dinner. Is he? Oh, okay. is he breaking up with me? So then yeah. I had this like four or five hour period of him driving down where I had to say to all my friends like, do you think he'd break up with me? Yeah. And all my friends were like, no. <laughs> we're just students, you know. We do stuff on the hoof. And I was like, cool, because yeah. last time he broke up with me was the worst five hours of my life. Like, yeah. I can't believe then he came down and we went to the Waterstones Cafe in Do you remember Oxford. what you were wearing? Uh, no, but no. If, if it was a travelling skirt, I'd... <laughs> <laughs> it would have been. I had this pair of baggy jeans that I painted some stars on the bottom of. Yeah. And it, I had a chain, but instead of a chain, it was a chain of pearls. <laughs> I thought I was like, oh, pretty uh, cool. I, and I, had really, a I really want pictures of us from every age next to each other. Do you think other. it would correspond? I think yes, it would correspond. Yes, I think it would, but I would have to edit in like a Union Jack behind you. <laughs> <laughs> An American flag behind me. I used that to really color my hair in as well. What color? I hair with like any, any colored pen, like Sharpie that I could find. Oh. Color in. <laughs> it was bleached and it was very porous. Mm. So he came down and he took me there and I, and I just knew it was coming in and then... I tried to be really dignified and then he left and he sent me two letters afterwards mm. and the two letters one of them said I the reason I've broken up with you I didn't really tell you was because I was a virgin when we got together and I couldn't, didn't want to spend my life only sleeping with one person right. which was simultaneously kind of understandable but also like am I really bad at sex am I <laughs> terrible oh and then yeah when you're that young you 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 figure that you you must be and are everything you have to be everything you have yeah. to be the best and uh, the most yes. wonderful and, and like, the best girlfriend and all the yeah. time yeah and it is so heartbreaking when you realize that it's not possible to yeah. be just yes. absolutely an entire universe of everything that someone else wants yeah because you a, won't it's a, it's be totally you at heartbreaking. all heartbreaking yeah yes totally and it was so and it was funny as well because I used to really really like people please my boyfriend so much and then suddenly yeah. realizing like oh no you're allowed to be annoyed at them if yeah. they've done something unkind to you it's better to be annoyed at them yeah it turns out they don't actually like all, all the <laughs> no, incessant pleasing fine. yeah but then so he, he wrote me this letter and I remember one of the things I really loved about him was he was really profoundly dyslexic and his spelling to me was the most beautiful spelling in the world <laughs> and he wrote yeah. virginity v-a-g-i-n T-Y, virginity. Uh-huh. And he said, actually and probably, and he spelled it A-C-T-U-L-E-P-R-O-B-A-B-L-E. And I remember reading that and thinking, I'm never going to get over this. Yeah. Like, I love him so much for uh-huh. everything he is. Yeah. Like, oof. And I wrote a diary that is in this room, actually. I can find oh. it for you. Hang on, wait there, I'll find oh, it for please. you. Oh, please. Please do. Hey guys, it's Erin interrupting this conversation with Josie Long with a little commercial. Uh, First of all, This Feels Terrible is going on tour this July. Uh, The dates for the This Feels Terrible live tour will be announced very soon once I have all of them secured. Also, if you would like to send me mail, and I love mail, um, I, I... do 
I don't know what else to say about that. I love mail. And I'd love to know who you guys are. Um, I'd also love to send you mail back. I want to hear from you if you have any questions or if you have any drawings, because I especially like drawings. Send them to Erin McGathy, 2658 Griffith Park. Ooh. I just got an alert from Pick Collage. Okay, sorry, that uh, that address again is 2658 Griffith Park Boulevard, number 840, Los Angeles, California, 90039. Okay, and let's get back to this, uh, this conversation with Josie Long. I wrote a diary about someone. The reason it's in this room is this is my office. Oh wow! I love. <laughs> Josie's producing a huge, a huge box of diaries. That yeah, is amazing. All my old. This is all my old diaries from until really recently, and actually, nobody should ever find them because they're awful. Yeah, look, this is from two thousand and one. Oh wow! And I wrote it just before I went to bed. Yeah. So, I feel like less. I really miss oh I'm miserable I love you I want to be with you I want you to still be mine I do not want this I miss you I feel numb and empty I'm worn out without you I only want you I don't want to unpick everything you are to me I want to touch you and kiss you and be with you again forever she's I don't understand how to get over this how do I stop loving him how do I do any of this still I can think of pulling other people but it seems weird <laughs> I hate this I hate this I hate this how does he feel does he even care I hate the fact I'll be ill tomorrow I hate the fact I can't do anything but love him mm. and want him back I hate my own inefficacy I was at Oxford ladies and gentlemen <laughs> I hate that I don't write enough material always a stand up I don't do enough I loved him why did this have to happen so it's quite it's not that interesting how, how did you get over that uh, I think I just wrote every day mm. I kissed two random people I didn't care I just feel numb to it all I don't care <laughs> Why does this have to happen? I still love him and he doesn't even give a shit. Mm. He makes me want to cry. Um, <laughs> I don't know how. Uh, I I got over it just... Well, I didn't really for years and years, actually. Mm. I um, I thought I had. But it's that thing of it... I'm actually... So my... Um, I grew up in a sort of bit of a dysfunctional household in a lot of ways. Mm. And... Um, as a, I guess everyone feels, really. But um, there were lots of things going on that it was kind of like you just kind of, you get through this and you don't show your feelings, you know? Mm. So I always thought I was like this incredible grown-up because when I broke up with people, I like cut them out of my life, move on, goodbye, you yeah. know? And then it would be like, cut it out, don't think about it, don't feel anything, I'm a machine. <laughs> and actually, it only took me really recently in therapy to sort of go, Oh, I just buried those feelings yeah. and <laughs> pretended I didn't have them. Yeah. And so, like, with him, like, it took me really, realistically, till I was 25 mm. to get over that. That was, like, six years. Because yeah. for three years, and this is bleak, but I ended up going out with someone who I truly believe was, like, very abusive to me. Yeah. And it's so weird. Well, like, kind of, like, manipulative and... Yeah. I guess, like, sexually abusive people, mm. like... um hurtful and unkind and mm. controlling and in retrospect just super cruel and disrespectful yeah um but ladies he's not single so <laughs> sorry <laughs> but it's weird to talk about i've been thinking about like writing something about it but mm. i think it takes a lot to like come out and say this person did this to me this person did that to me i yeah. participated in that it, it, it's weird yeah yeah that's a hard 
That's a hard thing. Yeah. I, I I have some abusive relationships under my belt and have not talked about them on stage yet. I think for that yeah. reason that like admitting it means I mean I feel I still think I still feel very ashamed. Yeah. Yeah. And it's weird because it's not on us. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but it, it's a weird thing when I think about it because I think sometimes when I look at being young like it's like you were saying when you're like trying to you try and be the perfect girlfriend or whatever and I think for me like f- because I really my first sexual relationship was when I was like 15 with this the weird guy weird is the wrong word the dramatic guy right right but part of and before that I had this boyfriend called Rory Tarabay Rory oh. if you're listening please get in touch with me <laughs> um, but no I do have a boyfriend now and I don't mean that in any real way but um <laughs> Rory Tarabay and me basically practiced technique on each other for four months. That's great. And it was incredible. It was so That's sweet beautiful. and healthy <laughs> yeah. and kind and warm and loving and respectful. Yeah. And it was such a great introduction to sex because mm. it, then people I encountered who were like mechanical or weird or rude, I'd be like, why didn't you have a Rory Tarabay? Like, <laughs> you should have just practiced with Rory Tarabay. It uh, also sounds like it could be an expression, like, uh, who is your Rory Tarabay? It's <laughs> like, oh, and... <laughs> I Tarabayed all over the place. <laughs> oh, yeah, I was someone... I was I was her Tarabay. I was his Tarabay. so yeah, nice. It really sweet. Be. Yeah, I think that's very nice. And then I think... In, like, like, a trusting, yeah, consensual and- environment where you're just figuring those things out because yeah. you know you have to yes exactly it and sounds like you're, you're like me where you're nerdy and academic about things that should just come natural <laughs> yes exactly yeah. I wanted feedback so there was a lot of feedback exchange mm-hmm. you know and like oh this is actually that's not good you know and so that and then um, <laughs> please tell me there's some sort of log <laughs> I wish I, oh hang on hang on we'll have a look <laughs> I um I, uh, but yeah, and then my first boyfriend that I sort of actually kind of slept with, mm-hmm. again, it was sort of very loving and respectful and real, you know? Mm-hmm. And then to go out with this guy who, I was so naive, I just did not realise he was obsessed with porn in like a very destructive way because yeah. I had not really seen any porn. Mm-hmm. And now in retrospect, I'm like, oh, that guy was obsessed <laughs> with pornography. <laughs> And I don't think that that's, yeah. I don't think that stops you from having a healthy sexual relationship by any right, means. But yeah. I think it definitely stopped him. And um, he, um, yeah, I think for a while, I think with things, especially when it's like sexual, it's like, or even romantic, it's like the feelings that you have for someone get mixed up. So I thought in lots of ways, like, I'm such a cool boundary pushing girl, you know. Yeah. And actually, I'm like, no, that guy was horrible to you. <laughs> um, oh. Uh, uh, this, this oh, this is a list of boys that I'd French kissed. Oh, lovely! In, in uh, 1997, <laughs> went to rock scene again last night. It was excellent. Oh, I Rory keeps ringing me when I'm out. He's a brilliant pull, but I can't help the feeling he's just using me. Oh my god! Oh, Turns out Rory Tarabay and not to quite an easy thing. This is my old diary, but I feel a bit impressed. I've also done. You'll be able to see that I've done flames for both of them there. Oh. Did you ever do flames? No. What oh is my that? God. So what you do is you you put the names mm-hmm. and you then you have the word flames or you have loves or fancies. So you go through them both and you say, are there any Fs in the names? No. So you uh. put zero. Are there any A's in the names? No. So you put zero. Are there any N's in the names? <laughs> yes. So you put one. Mm. Are there any C's in the names? No. So you put zero. And then you do it and then you add them together and slowly but surely it adds up to a percentage of how much that is true. <laughs> Anyway, it definitely would have said details of my life. Oh my gosh. It's ridiculous. That is amazing. 
You have to get going. What time is it? I don't know. 6.05. I'll, I'll go a little bit late. I've got 10 minutes, I reckon. Okay. Um, if that's all right with you. Oh, yeah. Am no, I being I way could... too candid? How candid are people? Very candid. Are people going to be... No, it's good. It's, it's, all, it's, it's, all, it's all great. So I, I'm so curious because you um, were had so so many accolades as a stand-up when you were quite young. Yeah. Like, how did that... Like, I don't know. I wrote I wrote down questions which are now buried, but I'm I'm really curious how that affected your my love re- life. Yeah, your love life, and also just like you, like go. I mean, having that success so much when you were young, and then I don't know. Like, did that? I'm just curious what what that was like. Um, it was kind of. I mean, that's a huge time, kind weird of question. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. Was brilliant. I loved it, and also I remember like feeling just very cool yeah like it felt great at the time because I felt like I had this cool double life and I Mm. felt really lucky and it just felt exciting and yeah and I I, it was kind of I remember there was this one time when I was 17 and I won this competition and my boyfriend at the time that I was so in love with was there and I remember I did the gig and because he'd done the stand-up at the workshop, he really understood all of it, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, as in all of the emotions I would have been going through, not like right, right. all the jokes. Though. <laughs> <laughs> but, but <laughs> and he, I remember coming backstage and he just grabbed me and he kissed me, like he pushed me against the wall and kissed me so passionately. And I remember thinking like, this is the greatest <laughs> moment of my life, you know? And it was, it was kind of lovely like I remember yeah. meeting boys at the pub and I'd you'd like swap your poetry or your short stories with them it was like sure. you could be the most posery when you're 17 and just be thrilled about it yeah and then and was that was that first boyfriend not intimidated by uh, you being so funny and thank you not that I, <laughs> um, thanks very much <laughs> I, I honestly don't know I I think not I think we just I think he liked it and it that's nice we sort of got on because of it I I don't know whether I... I've definitely had relationships that have sort of stood in the way of me creatively. Yeah, like, how so? Well, just like... Tell me about letting those. Someone like the guy that I went out with at uni, he just sort of would kind of isolate me from my friends and mm. keep me up really late at night so I'd miss lectures and, uh, you know, it was just stuff like that. And I kind of fell for it because I... At the time, I was a bit like... I didn't really have somewhere to go back in the holidays and mm. I think I was just very... Um, sort of out on my own yeah so it's a bit hard but then it was a weird thing having success at a young age in some ways because it scared me off for a long time I just freaked out and like yeah. people would be trying to get me to do things I was like no thank you and uh-huh. I sort of and I think I still have a bit of an ambivalent relationship whenever I have any successful things because I was thinking today I was eating a tomato on the tube and I was eating it really <laughs> sloppily like I was getting off with the tomato I was like sucking all the seeds out and I thought oh god if I was famous I couldn't do this <laughs> and I thought oh it's a good thing I'm not famous otherwise I wouldn't be able to get off with this tomato on a train and I, I think it's always been a bit and also I think sometimes it's hard when you because I started so young so in some ways it alienated me from people my own age mm. because I, there were like people older than me were the people I knew yeah. and so it sort of was always meant I've been a bit out of step I think mm. and then also maybe I think sometimes well I've been doing this since I was so young I really really ought to be better at it by now and it's <laughs> 
it's deeply frustrating. I want to be loads better. That's all in your head. But that's, I mean, that's that's good. How old were you when you started? When I started doing comedy, high school. Yeah, but I didn't start doing stand up until after college. I started doing like improv. I started doing. The American way. Oh, is that? (laughs) (laughs) I love. um, I was telling you earlier that I watched. I watched a lot of your solo show. Actually, um, I my phone. I am. I'm on an Irish phone plan, and I stupidly was like, like watch using data to watch the show. So then it rendered it rendered my phone useless. I was like, sorry. I mean, broke your phone. (laughs) But I was more. It's a testament to how much I was enjoying your show. Uh, romance and adventure. Oh, cool! Thanks. It's a testament to how much I was enjoying it because I was more frustrated that I couldn't watch the rest of it, and right. I was frustrated that I I was stranded. <laughs> I, I wrote a show about romance that I'll send you as well. Um, oh yeah, please do. Yeah. I, I've got a link, a secret link. Actually, oh. I shouldn't say that on these because people will be like, "Well, why don't you just put it out?" And I'll be like, <laughs> "Because I'm trying to marketize it so I can afford to eat in the yeah. future." Yeah, yeah. So the. It's such a, um, one of the things I like about being on the side of the water is the whole idea of the solo, solo show is, it's, I mean, it exists in the United States, but not in the same, yeah. there's not the same, um, like audiences aren't as familiar with it no. and people aren't as good at it because they don't refine it the same way that they yeah. do here. It's not the same culture at all. No, no, no. People just like aren't. Like in the same way, you kind of have to understand improv to yeah. enjoy it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sort of a similar thing. There is a question there. Uh, well, I, think, I totally know what you mean because I'm mm-hmm. I'm trying to do more gigging in the states because mm-hmm. it makes my heart sing and makes me feel <laughs> glad to be alive. Really? Why? Uh, yeah, because it just feels like there's so much optimism and enthusiasm and stuff going on, mm. and not that that doesn't happen here, but at the moment it feels like. Over there, there's so much exciting stuff going on. Mm. And um, I, uh, yeah, but it's been really interesting to me to see people sort of building up short amounts with a view to it going somewhere else mm-hmm. or doing yeah. a tour, which is still not so much of a show. Yeah, exactly. It's all, it's all a means to something else. Yeah. Yeah. And it makes me really proud. I really love the British scene for the fact that we do have this culture of like seeing one another's shows and really kind of... I think like one of the reasons I love Edinburgh so much is you go there and you feel completely awful about how bad you are because you see everyone else and it spurs you to be better because and you also feel just so like starry-eyed and mm. amazed by how wonderful your friends and your peers are mm-hmm. without wanting to sound too much like a wanker but like it, it genuinely I love participating in that culture and I think mm-hmm. writing hour-long shows really is a medium that I enjoy a lot. I love the yeah. fact that you can be that little bit more theatrical and that you can explore things more. And I just like all the stage time and attention just for me. Thank you. <laughs> Are you going to do uh, an Edinburgh show then? Yes. Yeah. Though I'm so behind. So I'm literally tonight, I'm like, oh, I just need to submit my... Oh thing. yeah, you got to submit. Yeah, yeah. It's but don't very... worry about like writing it. I always no, say, exactly. wait till May. <laughs> that's been, that's the problem is that I've, that I, I've, I I was mistaken and thought like oh I need to have it because I was taking the website and all the things too seriously that were like submit a script of your show oh, and I was yeah, like oh yeah. well I don't it's not really how I work I don't, I don't have that right now that's and like, actually that's, you just need to be so like fun. this is my show title here is the money yeah 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 exactly yeah yeah so I'll figure it out um, but how how does how does talking about that stuff talking about like 
or or what is your I don't know, I want to pick the best question because we have to end. <laughs> but um, how, yeah, what is the relationship between personal things that happen in your love life and what you talk about on stage? And is there like a cooling off period from when things happen? When do you feel, here's a better question, when, when do you start mining personal stuff for stage? Well, it's funny, I never really talked about relationships much at all until my most recent show that I wrote in 2014. Mm -hmm. Like, I would allude to stuff. Like, I would say, oh, you know, little jokey things about my boyfriend or kind of, oh, I had a breakup and it upset me and that's why I'll talk about these other things, you know. But I didn't really talk about relationships. And I think, in part, it was because I was in some relationships where some bad things were going on or that weren't that yeah, great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, until I was in one that was really good when I was 25 and then when I was 25 I'd say the old joke but I wouldn't really say me and my boyfriend and tell anecdotes about it but I think it's part that like I'd always like the idea of talking about things and about so I did shows that were kind of about creativity or about mm. politics or about um, science or something and it was only when I started going through therapy a bit and sort of learning to process things a bit more that I felt I had some things to say about relationships I've been in and I, I'd gone through this really big breakup and uh in 2011 and then I sort of immediately got together with someone else which was a fool's errand <laughs> and uh and it's only really this past year that I've actually been getting over it all like yeah. an idiot but like in 2013 <laughs> It was almost... It, the thing. Sometimes I say stuff straight away that night almost. It just yeah, depends. Yeah, yeah. Like sometimes a bad thing's happened to... Like this is a bad thing. If you wrong me in my life, I will be rude about you on stage at some point. Mm. At some point. No one knows when. I tried to stop <laughs> telling people's full names on stage. But if you are rude about me, the way I will get my revenge mm. is on the stage at some point. So it's like... Right. So with like boyfriends and stuff, like with my ex... When we broke up, it was almost immediate that I'd get on stage and try and process stuff. But at the same time, like, I wasn't really slagging him off. It was more just talking about anecdotes. But we broke up in about July, and definitely by September, I was doing material about why did I stay in it? I'm heartbroken, what's going on? And trying to build stuff from it. Um, but it's been really interesting, because now I feel like, now I've opened that can of worms, mm. I honestly feel like, right, it's more clear to talk about personal stuff right how long with, have you been with your current boyfriend two years two years and do and you talk about that relationship on stage yeah i talk a lot about our in jokes really i, I suppose it's a funny thing isn't it because you couldn't talk about problems you were having mm. not that i'm saying we're having problems you couldn't talk about problems you were having on stage yeah because that's too much so you, right yeah we usually i usually talk about the fun stuff like you know in jokes that we have and like like he um oh he's just very funny and very silly <laughs> and um but it's funny, I suppose, because I just wanted to talk a bit on stage recently about how I want to have kids and how it's still not... Ha not that I'm not trying yet, but, like, right. it's still not... I'm still not in a position where I can start trying and how yeah. frightening and sad that's been. And that feels, like, super personal to yeah. talk about that. Um, and I suppose that is related to my love life because we're not doing that yet. Right, yeah. But, yeah, it's funny. I think sometimes it takes years before you can talk about certain things. Mm -hmm. And other times you're like, you literally just said that and I'm saying it straight <laughs> away. <laughs> um, 
It depends how funny or how sad it is, I suppose. Yeah. It's very funny because it's weird. It's not something I've... I've not really said anything ever publicly about that relationship I was in. I suppose because I couldn't think of anything funny to say about it and I wasn't ready to write an article for Vice, you know? <laughs> so, so there was nothing in between. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, let's see. Well, I do... Okay. Well, I did write down... Questions. Mm, well, a lot of my podcast is... A lot of my podcast is uh, a big a big part of it, which is not really the premise of it, but slowly has emerged as a theme, is me just trying to get information for my own personal development, like very selfishly. Amazing. <laughs> um, yeah, so talking about, because I'm in a new relationship and I'm trying to figure out what's what's suitable to talk about on stage because sometimes when I yeah. when I talk about things on stage not always but sometimes it like distances it in my brain and then I don't feel like I have to like it's not happening anymore yes and you create this little structured version of reality yeah that this new narrative the yeah 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 and I definitely had that I think one of the reasons that I it took me so long to kind of get over this breakup had in 2011 was because I kept saying on stage about how much I'd loved him and how I'd ended it and how that had been a very mixed experience for me and how mm -hmm. I wasn't, you know. And, and so it's just really difficult if you're saying that out loud, if you're sort of saying, I love this person, you know, it's like you're conjuring yeah. that feeling up and you're like, yeah. it's very intense, I think. Yeah. And it's the same thing exactly. If you're talking about relationships, you, you want to tell funny stories, but at the same time, like, your relationship is more important than yeah. a bit of stand-up. Yes. I'm not going to say all stand-up, because that would be crazy. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm also, like, in the very beginning stages of a relationship, so it doesn't feel... I'm sure I'm sure I can find... One one finds ways to make this, this funny. Maybe just not me, but, like... All I want to say is, oh, I just love his face. <laughs> I just but want I think to... it's nice. Oh, yeah, yeah. And but, I think like, it's celebrating that stage. Like, when right, me yeah. and my boyfriend first got together I did quite a lot of material at the very start of just like it's such a surprise it's so nice you know and I think in, in some way it's like mate hey while the sun shines because like yeah yeah true not that you won't feel that way forever because you will but like yeah it maybe changes I just need to grows yeah yeah maybe my problem is that I that I'm too soon to like oh I have to think about what the awful thing is about this oh yeah, you shouldn't do, don't yeah, do that. Yeah, <laughs> Just try and enjoy it as much as you can. Yeah. I was thinking the other day, I'm trying to write some short stories like every prick. And <laughs> I was, um, I was thinking the other day something my ex said, uh, who's such a lovely boyfriend. And when we first got together, he was like, listen, in the past, when I've first met people, I've got really scared about whether or not we should text each other, whether or not we should call each other. Mm. Should we just say, look, if we want to contact each other, we'll contact each other. And if we want to be together, we'll be together. And we'll, if we want to have feelings for each other, we'll just do it. Mm -hmm. and we won't play any games. And it was the fucking best because we just <laughs> ran headlong into it and it was a delight. That's and it good. took so long before it all fell apart. And, um, <laughs> uh, and I think that's such a good attitude to try and have. And I yeah. wish that I could, like, I always think I'm good at saying things but not good at doing them myself. But, like, yeah. I always think trying your hardest to run headlong into the distance with someone, you know, at the full knowledge that you probably will have problems and it may well be that you break up at the end. Who gives a shit? Sure. It seems like you've you're got doing... eternal sunshine, the spotless mind, the fucker. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I interrupted you. Oh, um, well, it seems it seems like you do that with your work because I'm also in my 
in 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 my own work like I'm so paralyzed by fear so frequently and I'm so do you mean you're too frightened to say things or uh e- just like w- with with making things and with um writing and stuff I'm so but I know what you mean because it's like yeah. an industry that constantly harasses and crushes women <laughs> and I don't even mean yeah. the industry I mean sort of YouTube comments you know yeah reception yeah. exactly journalists yeah. telling you why aren't yeah. there funny women what should you be in you know all of yeah. that shit and it builds up and it it does really really stri- strike your confidence yeah and, and I, I do that a lot of time like sometimes when I'm doing this podcast even the questions that I'm asking I'm like uh I can just imagine someone sitting somewhere being like, oh, what an entitled question or what a, well, what I know, an ignorant question. What a, I'm yeah. always thinking of that sort of thing. Like everything I say, I think, oh gosh, you know, but. How do you fight that? Um, well, you just try really hard to <laughs> get beyond it genuinely yeah. because there's always going to be someone who thinks that you're the shittest thing in the world. Mm-hmm. But deep down, what is it? I just read it the other day. A bird doesn't sing because it knows the answer it sings because it's got a song or something like that like you you, you gotta yeah if you really want to do it and you've got and it brings the thing about me for performances like performance especially but writing too Mm -hmm. I feel like it's a possession that's mine forever that I love yeah and I feel like it's joy that I can create for myself and, and like give you know and so no one will take that away from me that's like my life and I think if you are disposed creatively there's a lot of stuff that comes with it, but mm-hmm. you're making it because it's your love and it's your dream, yeah. you know? And so fuck anyone who mm. wants to take that away. But also, like, it's I, hard. I, I, you have to keep trying to temper it. Because, like, social media, yeah. sometimes I think, oh, should I tweet this because I don't want to get the backlash? Yeah, yeah. And I, d- I haven't seen anything that's critical of you, but just... Oh, with- <laughs> yeah, that's because I, I, I sue everyone. Every YouTube commenter gets served. Well, what's your... How do you, what's your process with dealing with people that are, like, strangers that don't like you or... I'm a lot better than I was. Like, now, most of the time, it either amuses me or I ignore it. Yeah. And it doesn't really matter. And, like, I think the other thing, the way to get around fear is just really, really think about the projects you want to do, why you really want to do them, what you love about it. Mm-hmm. And, f- and, you know, bunker, get a bunker mentality with that and yeah. enjoy it and be around other creative people, enjoy their energy and, you know, their support and have a circle of trust over who you think's opinion is worth listening to. Yeah. But I think as That's well, like, nice. it's hard. Like, everyone's got that going on, definitely. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but at the same time, I think what wins out is the fact that like I love performing so much it's my dream and my treasure so it's like (laughs) yeah yeah, oh I'm so sure I should give up I can't give up I miss the adrenaline (laughs) I love it I love it so much (laughs) so it's good but yeah it's funny it's a funny one I think no one's ever perfect and you're never going to stop it it's just always a process and you're always just hoping that you can be positive enough to get stuff out yeah and that the stuff you do will be good enough and that you'll get like one lucky fix you know like one lucky strike will be the work that you're most proud of that everyone will know you for I guess interesting do you have uh see I just felt so self-conscious about saying interesting because I say that constantly and I mean it but I need more words um what's your I'm reading a book right now about the work habits of of different uh artists through history do you have like a work routine yeah I gotta put five and I know of course I don't (laughs) (laughs) I 
I'm trying to change different things. I came up with this thing that I was telling my friend about, which is mm-hmm. a productivity system. Okay. And it's so good. Right. First thing is, I've realized really recently that if you go to bed earlier, you can get up earlier. Mm. Did not realize those two. <laughs> was like, why can't I get up earlier? And it was like, because you go to bed at two in the morning. I right. was like, I can't get up at eight. Yeah. <laughs> but it's tricky when you're gigging and stuff. But mm-hmm. when I'm not, I try and get to bed earlier. Get up earlier. Try and do exercise. So great for your brain. Mm. Then you have a beautiful coffee, the most delicious thing in the world that everyone <laughs> knows the best thing to start the day. Then I have this idea called the golden game. Okay. And the golden game is that you have 90 minutes of brilliant creative energy in you at the start of the day. Yeah. And you really need to keep that time sacred. And you sit down and you bloody bash it out for 90 minutes. And honestly, after that first coffee of the day, that is your best creative time of the day. Mm. And quite often I'll do all of my best creative work in 90 minutes and nothing else, even if I'm trying the rest of the day. But that's why I wish I could get a job in America where they write from like 8 in the morning till 6pm in a big group. I would love that. It just sounds so exciting and less lonely. But, um, But in terms of writing from stage... I really love making stuff up from ideas on stage. I love mm. to workshop on stage. I'm not someone that sits and writes yeah. stand-up. I can't do it. It seems crazy to me. Like, pardon me. I like improvising on stage. Yeah. Like, so that's my process. And my other process is <laughs> vampirise my whole life mm. and try and make myself as vulnerable as possible, try and be as real as I can on stage, but also, like, do research and shit. <laughs> it's funny I suppose in some ways the more vulnerable you make yourself on stage yeah people kind of like hate you but it's like I'm a bit obsessed with this as well it's like in 8 Mile where Eminem's like <laughs> I do live in a trailer park with my mum and I'm still <laughs> here to say fuck the free world yeah you know if you really are putting all your cards on the table no one can hurt you because you know yeah what's on your cards yeah and exactly. it is fine. Yeah. <laughs> Mine is a solid seven out of ten. Six. <laughs> six out of ten. Let's be real. Six out of ten. Solid sixes. Oh, fantastic. Well, thank you so much for talking to me. It's my pleasure. I'm sorry. I love to sound really like, I'll tell you another thing about life. Like, no, I, I love it. I love it. 33 that years so old. Great. <laughs> it was so good. Okay, and that wraps up my conversation with Josie Long. Please find her on Twitter. She is at Josie Long, and you can go to her website, josielong.com, for everything Josie, including some awesome zines, and uh, check out her short films that she made a few years ago called Romance and Adventure and Let's Go Swimming. They're super charming and lovely. And uh, just support support her, because we need more comedians and artists like her who are bringing so many great things into the world. And now we're going to close the podcast with a with a special treat. When I was in Texas for South by Southwest, I met my friend Jeff Davis at the Yellow Jacket Club in Austin right before getting on the plane, like I literally had my bags with me. And when I was there, I met a Western swing musician named Ginny Mack. She is a really special person. You I mean, just she's she's wonderful. And we had one of those great conversations that lasted, I don't know, an hour and a half, two hours that stuck with me about, you know, life and love and art. And she's an amazing musician. 
One of my favorite things about her is uh, is that when she was young, she refused to get her teeth fi- fixed because she had teeth like Freddie Mercury and she loved Freddie Mercury so much and she wanted to sound like him and be like him. So she she refused to have her teeth fixed. And I I it was the right choice. She sounds great. She's she's beautiful. She's lovely. And uh, what you're going to hear now is uh, her introducing uh, a song that she wrote called Sleeping Millions. And then you will hear the song. And that's it. Have a great week, you guys. I love you. Uh, be brave. Be kind. Megath attack. So I wrote this song about a wonderful man that I dated when I was in college. He was from Bulgaria, and I loved him with all my heart. But inevitably, I was graduating sooner. I would be moving to Nashville. He was going to New York and then to London. So we had to break up. And I was very heartbroken about it. So I wrote the song to kind of help me get over it. And the line, Sleeping Millions, came out of reading a Truman Capote book. I read uh, Answered Prayers. And somewhere in the text he wrote, you know, such and such and such, the sleepless millions. And I liked the phrase so much that I stole it and I modified it to the sleeping millions. <laughs>
sharing more so at geico we'd like to say thanks thanks for sharing your savage dance moves thanks for sharing your diy haircut fails thanks for sharing your inner lip sync star now it's our turn to share with the geico give back a 15 credit on car and motorcycle policies for current and new customers because we're committed for the long haul the 15 credit lasts your full policy term visit geico.com slash give back for more info and eligibility